You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden is accused of bribery while he was vice president, China and the U.S. have a close encounter in the Taiwanese Strait, and Canadian wildfires are creating smoking conditions in New Jersey. Here's your national news recap for the week of June 4th. President Biden is brushing off allegations that he was involved in an influence peddling scheme during his time as vice president. During a press conference at the White House, he was asked about a document in the FBI's possession containing a years-old, unsubstantiated allegation of bribery against him. The FBI allowed members of the Republican-led House Oversight Committee Thursday to view the document after the agency was subpoenaed. Republicans have claimed it would shed a light on an alleged criminal scheme involving the Biden family. An FBI official says the agent who testified for Republicans was suspended by the Bureau for leaking sensitive information to a right-wing group. House Democrats now accuse Garrett O'Boyle of lying to the committee and are referring the issue to the Attorney General. Lawmakers found out about the suspension in testimony from the executive assistant director of the FBI for human resources to the House Judiciary Committee. Former Vice President Mike Pence declared on Wednesday that he is running for president against his former boss, Donald Trump, because he said different times call for different leadership. In a speech from Iowa, Pence made clear what he saw as those differences, particularly around January 6th, and why, in his view, they made Trump ineligible to ever serve in the White House again. Beyond his rebuke of the former president, Pence sought to stress his own conservative ideas, including his longtime support of abortion restrictions, religious liberty principles, and shrinking the federal government. I know we can bring this country back. We can defend our nation and secure our border. We can revive our economy. We can put our nation back on a path to a balanced budget, Pence said in a speech in Des Moines along with family and supporters. His wife, former Second Lady Karen Pence, introduced him. He plans to storm the early voting state to beat Trump on the road to the Republican presidential nomination. The top Democrat in the House says extreme MAGA Republicans have stopped Congress from doing the business of the American people. The extremists in the House Republican Conference have once again taken control of the House floor. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries said Republicans need to decide whether they're going to be responsible policymakers or bend the knee to hardline conservatives. His comments come as a small group of conservatives went on a revolt and blocked Republican-backed legislation from reaching the floor this week. The move appeared to be in retaliation after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy worked with Democrats to suspend the debt ceiling. A Senate panel is holding a hearing on the escalating number of wildfires as the East Coast is blanketed in smoke from fires in Canada. A drier and hotter climate results in low fuel moisture, frequently leads to extreme conditions that produces these large and intense wildfires and megafires. The director of the Interior Department's Office of Wildland Fire, Jeff Rupert, told lawmakers climate change continues to play an oversized role in the growing intensity of wildfires in recent years. Republican Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming argued forests need to be properly managed to make them more resilient to fires. 
The smoke from fires burning in Quebec clouded Washington, D.C. and much of the Northeast Thursday. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is signing a series of border security bills. Texas has had to take unprecedented steps in responding to the crisis caused by the Biden administration on the border. One bill designates drug cartels as a foreign terrorist organization. That means higher criminal penalties, and it adds them to state intelligence databases. Another allows state troopers to train local cops on how to stop smugglers in their communities. The National Guard will also be given the right to use drones to track cartel movement. The Supreme Court is striking down Republican-drawn congressional districts in Alabama that critics say discriminated against black voters. Outside the Supreme Court, NBC News' Julia Ainsley says the decision was a surprise. Two conservative justices, including the Chief Justice John Roberts, joined by Justice Kavanaugh, sided with the majority, saying that Alabama was in violation of Section 2. The nation's highest court voted 5-4 to four against Alabama. It means the seven congressional districts will now be redrawn. The decision makes it harder to shut down concerns raised by civil rights advocates that votes from the black community are being diluted by dividing voters into new districts where white voters dominate. The case comes from litigation over the new congressional district map that was drawn by a Republican-controlled Alabama legislature after the census in 2020. A Richland County man is facing charges of trafficking underage girls. Investigators have arrested 21-year-old Eddie Johnson and say they have connected him to at least two incidents involving minor girls ages 15 and 16 years old. WACH Fox 57 News is reporting Johnson is accused of taking the girls to local motels and forcing them to have sex with other men for money. Investigators also alleged he had ongoing sexual relationships with one of the girls. Johnson was taken into custody at the Palmetto Inn on Morning Hill Drive. He remains behind bars and is charged with at least six felonies. A brush fire in Malibu has part of the Pacific Coast Highway shut down. It's burning near PCH and South Topanga Canyon Boulevard. The Los Angeles Fire Department says it's about one acre in size. Crews are getting a good handle on the flames. No structures are currently in danger and firefighters are using water-dropping helicopters. I'm Allie Bruce and that was your national news. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. Our first two international stories are coming from Reuters, in the first of which, Taiwan activated their defense systems on Thursday after reporting 37 Chinese military aircraft flying into the island's air defense zone, some of which then flew into the Western Pacific in Beijing's latest mass air incursion. China, which views democratically governed Taiwan as its own territory, has over the past three years regularly flown its air force into the skies near the island, though not into Taiwan's territorial airspace. Taiwan defense ministry said that from 5 a.m. it had detected 37 Chinese Air Force planes, including J-11 and J-16 fighters, as well as nuclear-capable H-6 bombers, flying into the southwestern corner of its Air Defense Identification Zone, or ADIZ. The ADIZ is a broader area Taiwan monitors and patrols to give its forces more time to respond to threats. Some of the Chinese aircraft flew to Taiwan's southeast and crossed into the western Pacific, to perform air surveillance and long-distance navigation training, the ministry said in a statement. Taiwan sent its aircraft and ships to keep watch and activated land-based missile systems, it added, using its standard wording for how it responds to such Chinese activity. In April, China held war games around Taiwan following a trip to the United States by Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen. Taiwan's government rejects China's sovereignty claims and says only the island's people can decide their future. Our second international story takes place in France 
where a Syrian national wounded four young children and an adult in a knife attack in a park in the southeastern town of Ensi on Thursday, with some victims in critical condition, according to police. The attacker was a Syrian national with legal refugee status in France, a police official told Reuters. He was not known to security agencies, and his motives were unclear. French Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin said on Twitter that the attacker had been arrested. Two children and one adult were in life-threatening condition, while two children were slightly hurt, police said. The wounded children were aged between 22 months and three years, they said. Witnesses said at least one of the children wounded in the attack was in a stroller. The incident took place at around 7.45 GMT in the playground of a picturesque lakeside park in Annecy, a town in the French Alps. He jumped in the playground, started shouting, and then went towards the strollers, repeatedly hitting the little ones with a knife, a witness who gave his name as Ferdinand told BFM TV. Mothers were crying, everybody was running, said George, another witness and owner of a nearby restaurant. France has been shocked by a number of violent incidents over the past few months, including the fatal stabbing last month of a nurse in the northern town of Himes, and last month, a drunk driver accidentally killing three policemen. Our third international story comes from BBC. At least 261 people have been killed, and a thousand are injured in a crash involving three trains in India's eastern Odisha state. One passenger train derailed onto the adjacent track and was struck by an incoming train on Friday, also hitting a nearby stationary freight train. A massive recovery operation is underway after hundreds of emergency workers searched the wreckage. The cause of India's worst train crash in over 20 years is not yet clear. More than 200 ambulances and hundreds of doctors, nurses, and rescue personnel were sent to the scene, the state's chief secretary said. All trapped and injured passengers have been rescued. India has one of the largest train networks in the world with millions of passengers using it daily, but a lot of the railway infrastructure needs improving. Both passenger trains involved in the crash were full and had many more people on the waiting list, according to passenger lists on the Indian Rail Ministry website reviewed by the BBC. This final international story comes from New York Times. The PGA Tour, the world's preeminent professional golf league, and Live Golf, a Saudi-funded upstart whose emergence over the past year and a half has cleaved the sport in two, have agreed to join forces. The pact is complicated and incomplete, and numerous golfers hate it. The PGA Tour holds tournaments nearly every weekend, mostly in the United States, but also internationally, with prize pools worth millions of dollars. The tour has been the home to practically every male golfer you can name. Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Arnold Palmer, and so on. Live Golf began in late 2021 with former PGA Tour player Greg Norman as its commissioner and billions of dollars in backing from the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, known as the Public Investment Fund. Liv lured several PGA Tour players, including some major champions, with massive purses and guaranteed payouts that far surpassed what they could earn on the established circuit. The PGA Tour and Liv announced on Tuesday the creation of a new entity that would combine their assets as well as those of the DP World Tour and radically change golf's governance. The PGA Tour would remain a non-profit organization and would retain full control over how its tournaments are played, but all of its commercial business and rights, such as the extremely lucrative rights to televise its tournaments, would be owned by a new for-profit entity currently called NUCO. Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, said Tuesday that there was only a framework agreement and not a definitive agreement, with many details still to be decided. And for the rest of 2023, all the tours will remain separate and all their tournaments will continue as scheduled. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report. I'm Riley Adams with your local news. From News 12, Thursday marks the third consecutive day of smoky conditions throughout New Jersey, which resulted in the cancellations or postponements of many outdoor events at the Jersey Shore. The heavy smoke from the Canadian wildfires was also responsible for the cancellation of Point Pleasant's Beach Grand Prix, 
and the final game of the series between the Detroit Tigers and the Philadelphia Phillies. From 6ABC, in addition to the unhealthy air quality brought on by the Canadian wildfires, an 82-acre wildfire in Jackson Township is also to blame for the smoky conditions across New Jersey. On Tuesday afternoon, in the area of East Commodore Boulevard and Cedar Swamp Road in Jackson Township, the 82-acre blaze first broke out. The following day, the Forest Fire Service said the wildfire was now completely contained. Officials say 30 structures were threatened during this incident, but there were no mandatory evacuations in place. Forest Fire Service staff say they will remain on the scene and continue to monitor control lines until significant precipitations occur to ensure public safety. Officials say the cause of the fire still remains under investigation and no injuries have been reported. The roads surrounding the area have reopened. From NBC10. In honor of Disability Pride Week, Philadelphia leaders have unveiled changes to City Hall on Wednesday in order to make it more accessible to people with disabilities. The changes are part of the mission of the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities to advocate for and make the city more accessible to Philadelphia residents with disabilities. MOPD received a $300,000 grant in the spring of 2022 from the Operations Transformation Fund to support the funding and installation of signage in compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act. The upgrades include over 600 tactical high-contrast signage with Braille for all rooms in City Hall. The grant also covers reducing door speeds, grab bars in ADA restrooms, as well as the lowering of mirrors, soap, and towel dispensers on the wall that are too high for wheelchair access. From Fox 29, a Pennsylvania man is facing charges after authorities say he used candy to try and lure a young boy into his car at a New Jersey Wawa. 79-year-old Thomas Cannon was arrested Thursday and charged with endangering the welfare of a child, according to the Cumberland County prosecutor, Jennifer Webb McRae. It's alleged that Cannon was at a Wawa in Morris River Township on May 28th when he tried to entice a 7-year-old boy to come to his vehicle with him by offering him candy. Cannon is also accused of grabbing the child's arm during the incident, but the boy was able to escape and return to his family unharmed. From CBS 3, millions of dollars worth of counterfeit money was seized in Philadelphia. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers intercepted four huge shipments in May, totaling $4.3 million. Officers say the fake money is often used during in-person transactions to rip off inexperienced sellers in small businesses. The counterfeit money has been turned over to special agents with the U.S. Secret Service. From ABC 7, a new legislation in New Jersey would prohibit libraries and public schools from banning or restricting access to certain books. If passed, any library that bans a book, anyway, would be at risk of losing its funding. The American Library Association says that there were nearly 1,300 demands from various members of the public to censor library books and resources last year, which is the highest number since the group started keeping such records more than 20 years ago. I'm Riley Adams, and that was your local news. I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan News. Virtual Health and Rowan University have reached another milestone in their impactful academic affiliation. Effective June 5th, the 130 Rowan Medical Clinicians officially become affiliates of Virtual Medical Group, providing greater access and continuity of care for people of South Jersey. The agreement builds on Rowan and Virtual's unique shared clinical, academic, and research mission by expanding access to quality medical care, focusing on patient outcomes, and new opportunities for graduate and undergraduate medical education, while enhancing the operations of the Rowan Medical Practices. 
said Joshua Corin, DO, MBA, FACOFP, Senior Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs and Professor, Department of Family Medicine at the Rowan Virtuous School of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Corin is also a member of Rowan Medicine. The practices will continue under an aligned name, Rowan Medical, an affiliate of Virtua Medical Group. As part of the affiliation, Rowan Medicine Medical Practices have adopted Virtua's electronic medical record system. In many cases, this will provide clinicians with expanded insight into a patient's health history. It will also make it easier for Rowan and Virtua teams to collaborate on a patient's plan of care. Similarly, patients will enjoy a streamlined, single portal for scheduling appointments and tracking their health journey. This is another major step in fulfilling the promise of the Rowan Virtua Partnership, said Dr. Anthony Lohman, Provost and Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs at Rowan University. The combined expertise of an elite medical school facility and South Jersey's largest provider of healthcare will greatly expand and enhance access to clinical care throughout the region. The College of Performing Arts will welcome two new full-time faculty members for the 2023-2024 academic year. Ross Beschler and Steve Feinberg will join the departments of theater and dance and music. Ross Beschler joins Rowan's College of Performing Arts with nearly two decades of experience as a professional actor. He is a founding member and lead artist of the Wilma Theater's Hot House Company, where he appeared in 17 main stage productions. Similarly, Steve Feinberg joins Rowan's College of Performing Arts, boasting a wealth of experience in music management, creative direction, and consulting spanning more than 20 years. That was your Rowan News. I'm Megan Steckler. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Jack Miller for the Rowan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Let's start things off in the NBA as we are in the midst of the NBA Finals. The series is going back into the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado for Game 5 between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The game is scheduled for Monday, June 12th at 8.30 p.m. The Nuggets split the series when they were back at home for the first two games, so we shall see how the rest of the series plays out. Two MLB games this past week got postponed due to the Canadian wildfires causing extreme air quality conditions. The Phillies versus Tigers and the Yankees versus the White Sox were the two games postponed on Wednesday. The Phillies and Yankees both hosted doubleheaders as makeup games on Thursday afternoon. Due to the extreme air quality moving south and west, the Baltimore Orioles, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and potentially the Atlanta Braves could have some postponed games this weekend, but nothing yet is confirmed. Thankfully, no players have been affected by these air quality conditions yet. Switching things over to the MLS, soccer superstar Lionel Messi left PSG and joined the soccer team of inner Miami. Here's what Messi said when he made the announcement, and I quote, After winning the World Cup and not being able to return to Barcelona, it was my turn to go to the League of the United States to live football in another way and enjoy the day-to-day more. Obviously, the same responsibility and desire to play well and do things as well as always, but in a calmer way, end quote. Inner Miami tickets have risen to go see one of the greatest soccer players of all time play the sport, and we'll see what kind of impact he has in the MLS. Veteran 12-time All-Star point 
point guard Chris Paul was waived from the Phoenix Suns this past Wednesday. CP3 was due just over $30 million from the Suns, and since he is now waived, they owe him $15.8 million now. He is now one of the top free agents this coming NBA offseason once the NBA Finals comes to an end this week. We'll see who takes advantage of the 39-year-old point guard veteran mindset for their team. Moving back over to the MLB, Texas Rangers starting pitcher Jacob deGrom is out for the entirety of the 2023 MLB season with an elbow injury. He will have to get Tommy John surgery for the second time in his career. This is also his 14th recorded injury on paper. His response to the injury was, and I quote, this stinks. It's not ideal, but at least we know what it is now. I will set a goal to be back before the end of next year, end quote. He said all of this while trying to hold back tears. Hopefully the Rangers can keep up the success without the star pitcher of DeGrom in their rotation. To finish out the news in sports, Ellie De La Cruz was recently called up to the Cincinnati Reds this past week and has been electric. He has hit his first major league home run 458 feet and the CVG airport picked it up in their radar for how far and high it went. His presence has also led the Reds to two comeback wins against the dominant Los Angeles Dodgers. In the first few games De La Cruz has played, he has already given the Reds huge momentum for the rest of the season and for many seasons to come. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The market is closing with stocks higher. Investors are looking ahead to the Federal Reserve's meeting next week. Economic data suggests that inflation is inching down, which may result in the Fed not hiking rates. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 168 points to 33 to 833. The S&P 500 grew by 26 points to 42 to 93, and the Nasdaq rose by 133 points to 13 to 230. OpenAI is being sued for defamation by a nationally syndicated talk show host. Mark Walters alleges the artificial intelligence company's ChatGPT made up a case that accused him of defrauding and embezzling funds from the Second Amendment Foundation. Last month, a journalist asked ChatGPT for a summary about the Second Amendment Foundation versus Ferguson federal case. Despite Walters not being named in the lawsuit, ChatGPT said the document is a legal complaint filed against him. This is believed to be the first defamation lawsuit filed involving ChatGPT. Apple is unveiling its new $3,500 Vision Pro virtual reality headset. Trey Thomas has more. The company made the announcement Monday at its Worldwide Developers Conference event in California. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. The era of spatial computing is here. Built with five sensors, six microphones, and 12 cameras, the pair of goggles will be available in the U.S. starting in early 2024. I'm Trey Thomas. Walmart and Reynolds Consumer Products, the parent company of the Hefty brand, are being sued by the Democratic Minnesota Attorney General. The lawsuit claims the company's recycling bags are not recyclable in Minnesota. Keith Ellison says the bags cause sorting machinery at the state's material recovery facilities to malfunction and catch fire. The lawsuit says the bags raise costs for Minnesota taxpayers and mislead consumers. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Elle Lawton, and this is your entertainment news. Lineups have been announced for the 2023 iHeartRadio Festival in September. The festival is slated for September 22nd and 23rd at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Performers on the first night include Sheryl Crow and Lenny Kravitz. 
Headlining on the second night are the Foo Fighters. Both nights will be broadcast live on iHeart Outlets and will also be streamed live on Hulu for the first time. A 48-hour pre-sale for Capital One cardholders begins on June 14th and tickets go on sale on the 16th. Tickets are available on iHeart.com. The latest Walking Dead spin-off series premieres this month and lots of it was filmed in New Jersey. The Walking Dead Dead City premieres on AMC June 18th and much of it was filmed on the soundstage inside the Meadowlands in East Rutherford. Other Garden State filming locations include Bayonne, Kenilworth, Franklin Lakes, Kearney, West Orange, Weehawken, Hoboken, Midland Park, and Patterson, among others. The six-episode season stars Lauren Cohan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan reprising their roles from the original series. Kid Cudi is calling out Apple Music for a mistake that happened during the release of his latest single, Porsche Topless. On Tuesday, the rapper noticed that Apple Music misprinted his lyrics, despite him claiming he wrote them and sent them to the streaming service ahead of time. Cudi took to Twitter to tell Apple that it's stressful seeing made-up lyrics after the right lyrics were given. He personally shouted out Apple's DJ Reflex, who fixed the mistake. In other Kid Cudi news, during an Instagram Live, he announced that his next project would likely be Album of the Year. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to host a Juneteenth concert featuring black artists at the White House next week. Jennifer Hudson and Method Man are among the performing acts as the event will mark the 158th anniversary of the end of slavery in America. Several historically black colleges and universities will also attend the concert, which takes place next Tuesday. After declaring Juneteenth a federal holiday in 2021, Biden recently recognized June as Black Music Month. An actor known for his roles in Better Call Saul and Bob's Burgers is behind bars on January 6 riot charges. Federal prosecutors say Jay Johnson helped attack the U.S. Capitol in 2021. He surrendered on Wednesday at the FBI's Los Angeles field office. The feds say he was a part of a mob that stormed the Capitol tunnel as police were retreating. The 54-year-old faces multiple charges, including civil disorder. He's expected in court later in the day Wednesday. He was dumped from Bob's Burgers when his alleged involvement in the riot came to light. Prosecutors who've been working Tory Lanez's shooting case are requesting the rapper serve 13 years in prison for shooting Megan Thee Stallion. A memorandum sent to a judge cites several reasons for the recommendation, like the charges he was convicted of and the mishaps that happened from the time he was charged to his conviction. The prosecution says he violated several court orders before the trial and also brought up the full-length album he released where he raps about the case and the altercation that happened in 2020. Tory Lanez will learn his fate on June 13th. The 50th Annual Country Music Awards Fest kicked off Thursday in downtown Nashville. Tim McGraw, Luke Bryan, and Miranda Lambert are a few of the headliners. They'll perform at Nissan Stadium, but there will be various stages set up through Music City all weekend. CMA Fest runs through June 11th. The event draws over 400 artists and celebrities each year. I'm Al Lawton, and that was your entertainment news. And that wraps up this week's edition of The Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.